0: Let's open our Bibles today to Psalm 70. Psalm 70. Have you ever needed immediate help? Have you ever been in a situation where you said, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month? I mean, right now, I need help. Uh, Psalm 70 is the psalm for us. It is a psalm that uh, some have called the Emergency Prayer Psalm. It is our 911 psalm. Uh, we are in a series this summer, like we have been for more than a decade, where we're taking a psalm each week of the summer. And we're just looking here to see what we can learn, what we can uh, grab a hold of that teaches us about who God is, about who we are, about how to pray, about how to worship the Lord. And it is a a a fun, fun part of who we are as a church and what we do during the summer. This is our third Psalm of the summer already. And it is the shortest Psalm of the summer, only five verses, and I know you would think, well, if it's the shortest Psalm, this must be uh, a chance for us to have the shortest sermon of the summer. We'll see how that works out by the time uh, this is all over. But this Psalm 70 teaches us how to pray, teaches us uh, when to pray, teaches us what to pray. And just five verses, we learn a lot about how to take immediate needs to the Lord. Now, you can think in your own life of what those immediate needs could possibly be probably just depending on how old you are, what season of life you're in, uh, your own personal circumstances, you know when you need God to work now. Psalm 70 tells us that he hears those kinds of prayers. When I look at Psalms, one of the things that happens is that I I learn a lot about who God is. Uh, We learn a lot about how to have conversations with God about how to talk to God and that's really what prayer is. These are songs but they are recorded prayers that in some instances were used as music in their worship experiences. Let's look together in Psalm 70. It actually takes us uh, longer to find the Psalm than it does to read the Psalm. But let's look just five verses and you'll see the urgency in King David's words. Verse 1, Make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let them be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my heart, who, who delight in my hurt. Let them turn back because of their shame who say, aha, aha, verse 4, may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great, but I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God, you are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. I think five times in these verses you have words that refer to uh, a sense of urgency, make haste. O Lord, in verse 1. Make haste, God, in verse 1. Verse 5, hasten to me, O God. The last phrase of the psalm, O Lord, do not delay. When we think about prayer being a conversation with God, think about this. Conversations with God become revelations of our soul. Conversations with God become revelations of our soul. The way we pray, the way we talk to God, the way we listen to God reveals to us, I guess, reveals to others, it certainly reveals to God what we believe about Him. Uh, conversations with God reveal to us what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about our own soul, what we believe about uh, our needs and our situations. Our prayers reveal what we believe about God and our prayers reveal what we believe about ourselves. When we look at King David's prayer here in Psalm 70, we learn uh, about prayer in a way that's almost like a discipling process. And And I wanna invite you for just a few minutes to let Psalm 70 disciple you. Let Psalm 70 disciple you in how to pray and what to pray when you're in a situation where you need help right now. No tarrying, no waiting, right now. What needs God's immediate attention in your life? I'm going to pause just a second and let you think about that. You're, You're sitting there in your den, you're sitting on your deck, maybe you're driving in a car with a phone playing over to the side. Think about it for just a minute. What needs immediate attention from God in your life? When we're in an urgent emergency type situation, Psalm 70 is how to pray. So let David teach us. Number one, David's prayers were repetitive with God. David's prayers were repetitive with God. Now, we read the psalm pretty fast, but as you kind of glance back at it and you hear again what King David prayed, make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Down in verse 5, you are my help and my deliverer. If you've been with us on this journey through the Psalms, if you've spent any time reading through the Psalms, when you get to Psalm 70, you might be saying to yourself, haven't I heard this before? Uh, haven't I heard this theme before? Uh, this isn't the first time reading in Psalms that I've heard David say to God that he's my deliverer, or we've heard God to say that, we, we've heard David say, God, you're my helper. I can remember a couple of Psalms this past Summer when we were journeying through the previous eight psalms. And and a major theme there was that God was our helper. This psalm is repetitive. It is a repeating prayer of King David's heart. It's a great lesson to us that you and I don't have to come up with something original every time we go to God. When we come from our heart and we pray to God, God hears the repetitive prayer of our heart. These verses that we read, verses 1 through 5, you say, I think I've heard them before. Well, if you've read the Psalms, you've heard them verbatim before. In fact, Psalm chapter 40 is a very long Psalm. But in the middle of that Psalm 40, verses 13 through 17, you have these five verses stated in that very Psalm. It's like a song that you had listened to on one occasion and then you come back and you listen to another song and you'd say, wait, those two lines in that song are also in that longer song that I heard before. That's the case here in this prayer. And David lifts out of what he has written before in a prayer and he, it's confined here to these five verses. It's a little tighter. Uh, it, it's a little more pointed. And it has the sense of here's a, here's a way to pray to God in a sense of urgency. His, his prayers were repetitive. These things of helper, deliverer, needy, poor, I'm in trouble, I, but I will rejoice. And God, you are great. Those things occur again. And when we come to God in a time of emergency, uh, we One of the things that's going to happen is is that what's in our heart about how we relate to God is what's going to come out. And King David just pours it out to the Lord and he says, Lord, this is who you are. This is what I need. Do you pray repetitive prayers? At times of urgency and emergency, I bet you pray some prayers that are the same over and over again. Maybe you're like me and find yourself maybe 50 times a day saying, Lord, I need wisdom. A question comes our way, an email comes our way, a text comes our way, a conversation comes our way. We find ourselves in a situation and we don't know what to do. We're praying, Lord, I need wisdom right now. It's a a 9-1-1 prayer. It's an emergency prayer. You say, sometimes I feel guilty for asking God for the same thing over and over again. Let David's psalm put you at ease. His emergency prayer was a repetitive prayer with God. Lord, I need help. Maybe you've sat down at a test before and you thumb through the five pages and you see the questions and you just close it up and you say, Lord, right now I need help. Lord I need a breakthrough. Lord I'm in danger. Lord I'm I'm getting I'm about to get hurt. Lord I'm at the end of my rope and not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Lord I need you to come through in my life right now. David's prayers were repetitive. Sometimes he found himself praying the same thing over again when he found himself in need again. Secondly David's prayers not only were repetitive with God, but David's prayers were real with God. That in itself is repetitive. I think it was a piece of our sermon outline last week. And it's a reoccurring theme in the prayers of Psalms. That the writer of these Psalms didn't sugarcoat things, didn't mask things, did not try to hide things but they were just very real with God. King David here, his prayers were real with God, and we see it uh, in the the way that he was describing his threats. He was very real in describing his threats to the Lord. It's verse 2 and 3. He says, let them be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Someone's trying to kill me. It's not the first time he prayed this. It's not the first time he was in trouble. He was, his life was, someone was trying to end his life. He describes it here. He describes the threats. Again, the next phrase of verse 2, let them be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. And then third, you see, he's let them turn back because of their shame who say, aha, aha, what is that? It was, uh, Spurgeon says it was like a barking animal. It, it was like a, a, a barking dog. it, it was, It was the phrases of a mocking crowd. And King David is saying, here are the threats that I'm experiencing. People are trying to kill me. People are trying to hurt me. Uh, People are making fun of me. And he laid that before the Lord. He was real in describing what he was feeling and what he was experiencing in his life. But you also see how real he was in his prayers in the way that he stated his thoughts. He described his threats and he also stated his thoughts. And it's three phrases in verse two and three. He says, let them, let them, let them. He says, let them be put to shame and confusion. That was his prayer. Lord, I'm going to tell you what I need right now. I need the enemies that are trying to seek my life, that are seeking my life to be put to shame and confusion. He says, I need those who are celebrating, hurting me to turn back and be brought to dishonor. Lord, I'm asking you, those that are mocking me, that you would cause them to turn back because of their. David was praying in this emergency prayer, describing his threats, but also stating his thoughts. And he was saying, let them be confused. Let them turn back. Let them stop. Lord, would you bring an end to this? Here's what I want to show you about an urgent prayer. Speak it out. Shout it out. Cry it out. Do what David did here in Psalm 70. Write it out. Don't miss that. These prayers were not just thought prayers. Uh, These prayers were not just prayers that were said. These were prayers that were written down and preserved for us to this day. I've said this before and and I just continue to, to, to just call your attention to this about prayer life in my own experience. There's something different that happens in my prayer life when I pray out loud prayers. Now, I know there are times where just silently we think in our mind prayers, maybe never move our lips, and never say the words, but there is something God does. I don't know if we remember it more, if he works more, but I see, experience a greater effectiveness in my prayer life when the words of my heart and mine become the words passing my lips and David declares this out loud he's real with God from time to time you may have done this I've done this You sit down with a counselor or sit down with a trusted friend And they'll ask one question, and about 30 minutes later, I quit talking. And when I walk away, the person that was listening to me hasn't necessarily given me any advice. And I will say something to that trusted friend or say something to a counselor, something along these lines. Thank you so much for hearing me today. I just needed to say these things out loud. I just needed to get it out there. Do you know what the New Testament calls the Holy Spirit? Do you know who the Holy Spirit is identified as in the the New Testament? Our counselor. Our counselor. And one of the beautiful things that we learn here in a time of urgency and emergency in David's life was that he just said it out loud. And, and, it, and I want to encourage you that in your urgent need right now, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a job, uh, maybe it's some interaction that you're having in everyday life in a relationship, maybe it's a breakthrough that you need in your own emotional distress, I want to in- exhort you to let the Holy Spirit uh, hear you. Get somewhere where you can call it out loud i've walked a lot during this season on the sidewalks out there on Marshall Road, and occasionally somebody'd blow their horn at me and i'd throw up my hand and wave. i'd get a text from time to time and, and and the other day somebody sent me a text that I saw you out there walking I said to them, Hey, I wish you'd just sat down on your horn i, I 'm I'm, I'm out here preaching to the streets. I need a good amen while i 'm out here walking and talking and i've just i've noticed that in and just walking before the Lord and talking out loud to Him that the Spirit of God does something in my soul. And I, it seems like God does something from heaven. David's prayers were repetitive with God. David's prayers were real with God. And even the realness before God involved putting it in and speaking it out, writing it out, shouting it out praying it out before the Lord. Here's a third characteristic about this urgent prayer. This prayer is discipling us, teaching us how to pray. David's prayers uh, were repetitive with God. David's prayers also, thirdly, were respectful of God. They were repetitive, they were real, and they were respectful of God. What does that mean? It means that when David came before God, even in a time of emergency, you see this reverence, you see this respect, you see this awe that he understood who God is. In fact, there are two ways that we see David's respect for God in this urgent God-make-haste prayer. And one, you, you see this by who he saw God to be. Who was God to him? He says in verse 5, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. The first thing you see here is that David knew that God was the source of joy and he was the source of gladness. Then you see him repeat first verse and last verse that God was his help and deliverer. And so when it came time to pour out, speak out, shout out, sing out this prayer of urgency. He called out to God with a great sense of worship, a great sense of respect where he said, God, you're the source of joy. Let it flow from our hearts. You're the source of gladness. Let it flow from our hearts. You're my help and you're my deliverer. Notice he goes on. He also, he saw God as worthy of exalting. He says, May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. He says, let God be exalted. God is great. Our prayer life reveals so much about what we believe about God. In your praying, do you see that God is the source of joy? In your praying, do you see that God is the source of gladness? Do you see and you're praying that God is your help, that He is your deliverer, that He is worthy of exalting, that He is great? A second way you see King David's respect for God, not only in how he saw God, but also you see it in how he saw himself. This is King David who has written this Psalm and you come to verse 5, the king says this, but I am poor and needy. Don't miss the contrast. He's a king. He is a wealthy, ruling king. He has been chosen by God, anointed by a prophet and God and his cry before God is this I'm poor I'm needy and it shows that when he Himself in an earthly position of being King and he saw himself in relationship to the eternal King to God the Creator I'm poor, I'm needy. You're the deliverer, you're the helper, I'm poor and I'm needy. It's a great reminder to us that the wealthiest man in the world is the one who finds his riches in the help of God. And what made King David a man after God's own heart was not his earthly wealth, it was his spiritual worship. He looked at God and he said, God, king, yeah, but this is who I really am. I'm poor and I'm needy. And I can't help but think Matthew chapter 5 in those statements of Jesus where he says, blessed are the poor in heart for they shall have the kingdom of God. We have to see who we are. And in times of emergency, in times of urgency... Our hearts will explode to God according to what we believe about Him and and we will go to Him when we recognize we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own power. We need Him to be our help and our deliverer. You know the illustration, you could give it yourself. You probably used it before in some situation that a person who's drowning in an ocean really can only be rescued when he stops when he still thinks that he can do something to keep himself afloat you can't hardly get to him to rescue him it's when he rests and relaxes that someone else can be a help and a deliverer and that's the picture you get here of King David in this time of emergency in this time of urgency where he comes and he says look It's not by my might. It's not by my strength. It's not by my chariots. It's not by my horses. It's not by my army. I'm poor. I'm needy. I need your help. I need you to deliver me. That's how we pray in times of urgency. Let me close with two application points from this psalm. Number one, we need to learn the heart of this prayer. We need to learn the heart of this prayer. In the heart of this prayer, we need to learn the heart of this prayer when it comes to sin. See, King David gives us a picture of being poor and needy and calling out to God to be our help and our deliverer. And friends, every one of us, according to Romans 3, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans six twenty three: the wages of sin is death. You and I have a problem that puts us in poor position, in a needy position, a debt that we could not pay, and we learn the heart of this prayer, we'll see that God is the rescuer. God is the Savior. He he says in verse 4, may those who love your salvation, to learn the heart of this prayer means that you and I come in a, at a time in our life, sometime in our life, We get to a point of urgency and emergency, and we realize, God, I got to have your grace and your mercy right now. And some of you watching today on this screen, somewhere, maybe alone or with a group of people, need to hear the heart of this prayer and call out to God and ask Him to forgive you of your sin and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. An urgent prayer. There is no guarantee of tomorrow there is no promise of next week and right now when you hear this prayer I would offer to you this emergency prayer of calling out to God from your heart where you would say Lord forgive me save me rescue me we also learn the heart of this prayer in our situation three months of this COVID event and all of the things that have come out of these three months maybe your circumstances are in a place today where you're saying I don't know if I can go another day I don't know if my marriage will last another week I don't know if I can stay in this job another month I don't know if I can handle these emotions for another year God by his grace today has stepped into your life and he's saying here's a lifeline Here's a prayer. Would you be willing to see yourself as poor and needy and me as a help and a deliverer and call out to me? It's the heart of this prayer. And what if we we prayed right now? What if you just bowed your head? Maybe if you got a clicker, you got a pause button. You might even touch it and you could just stop and just pray right there. Just pause long enough to say, God, help me, or God save me. Here's a second application. Not only do we need to learn the heart of this prayer, we need to learn this prayer by heart. Not only do we need to learn the heart of this psalm, I want to call on you to learn this psalm by heart. Like literally, like memorize it. Like, write it a number of times, or listen to it a number of times, or read it enough times to where it gets sealed into your heart. Why? Why? Because there's going to be a time where you're not going to be able to find your Bible. You're not going to be able to type in Psalm 70. You're going to find yourself in an immediate need, in an urgent need, where there would be this need in your heart and life for it just to explode from you. Make haste, O God, my deliverer. O Lord, make haste, my helper. Lord do not delay would you not only learn the heart of this prayer but would you learn this prayer by heart and hide it away our fourthborn, born Chaney when she was six years old I was left in charge of her and the other kids that were there, and Carla went to town. She was in the store buying groceries. And during this time, our daughter Chaney, she was six years old, and I heard a noise, a a, a holler, a cry, and I went to the back door, and I opened the back door, and I walked out, and Chaney was coming up the driveway, and she was holding her arm, and I walked toward her, and when she held up her arm, I noticed on her little six-year-old arm about a two-inch gash on her arm where her arm was laid open. She had fallen out of a tree and caught her arm on a sharp pointed stem and that stem had sliced her arm about two inches. And I lifted her arm and I looked at her face and I looked at her arm and this is Father's Day and so I'm going to do a little bragging here. I, I, I did what? A dad would do I went immediately to the phone and I called her mom I called Carla and here's what I said on the phone I said Carla I need you to come home now she said okay and here's what she said she said okay I'm almost done here I'll work my way toward the register and I said to her these words I said walk away from your cart Leave it right where it is. Go get in your car and come home now. Chaney has fallen out of the tree and cut her arm. Now, (laughs) what does that tell you about me? Well, it it tells you about me that I don't do cuts and blood. It it tells you uh, about me that I was in a situation, if you want to put it in King David's words, I was poor and needy. I, I needed help. Cheney needed help and she wasn't getting it from me. And I, uh, what does it say about Carla? It says about Carla that I believe that Carla knew what to do and she could handle it. Listen, Psalm Psalm 70 is us looking at a situation that's too big for us. And we're willing in that moment to go to the one who is our help and our deliverer. And what a gracious gift God has given to us that he would allow us in times of urgency and immediacy to hear us in this way. I read this week these words written by church member here, Jessica Matheson, and she said this, In her writing, she said, we need to remember that prayer is our first defense, not our last resort. And today I want to invite you to sing about God being our first defense. I want to invite you to take this psalm to heart and call out to God in this time of urgency in your life and let God be your helper, your deliverer, your defense. Let's pray together right now. Father, today, would you help those that are listening to be willing to admit they're needy and poor. And Lord, I pray that they would realize that you are a helper and a deliverer, that you will save from sin and you will deliver us in situations, Lord, that overwhelm us. We praise you today in your name. Amen.